It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Quickly to wall. Wall, measure, deal, gets open for three. Dagger! Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tons of great podcasts all around the league um, from you know, teams that are still in the playoffs and teams that might have just lost their head coach. Lots of good stuff going around, around so be sure to check us out. You can find us, by the way, at Locked On Wizards. Um, follow us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us. Of course, all the links are posted on Twitter as well. And we've got an awesome guest tonight to break down the Wizards culture and kind of some of the issues that you have in terms of their inconsistency and maturity. It is the former host of Locked on Wizards. He did it for a year. Of course, I'm still finding my sea legs like three months into it. And Ben Standig is our guest tonight. He is now the host of a new podcast I called Game Podcast on the Sports Capital, which is a site that he helped found 
not too long ago and set it all up. So it's a pleasure to have you here, Ben. What's going on? Noah, yeah, hearing you introduce the podcast, it was like, whoa, hold up, what, where am I? What, 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 what just happened here? But I appreciate you, uh, you having me on. Uh, always, uh, always fun to chat wizards with fellow people who give a crap about the wizards. Yeah, it took me long enough to have you back, but it's great to have you nonetheless. So, as someone who's been covering the team way longer than I have, has it seemed like it's always been an issue where the wizards are just you know, don't have that culture of winning and the right attitude and always are, you know, I've, I've been a, a fan of the team before I started covering it. It seems like whatever could go wrong in the Wizards world would go wrong. And that's maybe like fourth quarter collapses or awful off seasons, whatever it might be. What, like, do you have, I'm sure you don't have the answer, but what would you say is, is wrong with the, the culture of the Wizards in Washington right now? And, and why, aside from injuries, was this team so disappointing? If we're going to talk about the history of why the Wizards are the Wizards. We're going to need to sit down for, uh, we're going to have to pack a lunch and a dinner and uh, maybe get some therapy going on. Um, To to narrow it back to just the current group, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, when they had, the year they had Paul Pierce, Paul Pierce is winning a lot of games late. And Paul Pierce is a guy who obviously, you know, is a historic figure in this league. He's going to the Hall of Fame one day. He played at the highest level, and he knows how to get it done, and the Wizards had that option with him. And it's not that John Wall and some of the other guys can't become – I mean, look, they're, they are, he's already a five-time All-Star, Beals an All-Star this year. But there is something to be said for learning how to win. I think that's something that people don't always understand. So we're just talking about it from the player standpoint. I think there is something to be said for learning how to do that, and it isn't always clear that these guys do know how – do know that. I mean, they – you know, the, the frustration watching them do some sort of like iso ball late in games mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> can be a bit uh, a bit frustrating. But I, I don't know. I mean, I get, let me not even dial it back. Let me, let me just pull back even a little bit more. I mean, you know, the I know we're focusing on a team that just finished eighth in the East, and there was a lot of reasons that went into, went into that, injuries and, you know, those, those terrible losses to bad teams and things like that. So I, I don't know. I'm, giving, I'm not giving you a really good answer here because it's such a big question. No, yeah, it's, it's tough uh, to pinpoint. I, I guess I, I guess the thing is, I mean, the, the, the history, the, the history of this of this franchise for the last forty years has not been a great one. There is not a lot of winning culture there, simply because they haven't. And these guys on this team, they've been part of a team that's made the playoffs for the last five years, and that can't be discounted. They won a series in the first three times. This is the first time, obviously, they didn't. And yet they still put up a good fight against Toronto. They just didn't have enough for reasons I'm sure you've discussed plenty on the podcast and I have on mine. I, I think there is something to be said for you. The, 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 the main guys are all kids and, you know, to some degree they would probably better serve if they had somebody like that, Paul Pierce. I don't just mean, I mean, who, you know, at the time they got him, he wasn't the, the Hall of Fame level player that he, you know, that, that he was, although he was great that year. Um, it does feel like they specifically haven't just don't know how to get it done. But I don't want to put it just on the players. I think that you know the whole idea of culture again. This is sort of the bigger question. Is <clears throat> comes down to things like how does the how does the ownership in the front office how you know how do they deal with the players? Do they let them just get away with whatever they want to get away with? Do they right. sort of scold them at times? Do they say, hey, look, I get you're a great player. We gave you a lot of money, but you can't do that. You have to play. Play this way. I don't know if that has always happens. I mean, Scott Brooks is part of that too. So there's a lot that goes into the idea of well, what's the deal here with this team, <clears throat> long term or big picture culture? Why do they struggle? Sometimes it is just 
if the organization is cursed, <laughs> there's a lot of pieces that go into play. I mean, yes, ultimately the players are the ones on the court, right? So the by you know sort of you know Scott Brooks can design the perfect play, but and Ernie Grunfeld could put together the best roster, but ultimately the players have to perform. So ultimately, you know, ultimately these things do sort of fall <laughs> fall on them. Uh, but at the same time, the code need to be called out. Does he? call the right play at the right time? Does he let them get away with their bad habits over and over again? Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same point, you know, there's the same thing with the front office. I mean, does the front office put together the pieces around the players? Maybe, you know, John Wall talked at the end of the year about, you know, the need for more ath- you know, athletic uh, fours and fives and another shooter and a player who can get the ball, who can get his own off the dribble and things like that. Well, maybe if you had more of that, I'm not saying it's easy to assemble, you know, a great team, but like you know, maybe if you had some of these pieces – then maybe John Wall would be less likely to go one-on-one and take over 20 shots a game, where sometimes it feels like he shouldn't do that as the point guard. It's a tricky balance. I mean, I think to get into it piece by piece, and, you know, again, which I'm sure you've done, but, like, you know, to say, hey, does, does John, you know, John Wall, let's talk about John Wall. What does he do that's good? What does he need to work on? Bradley Beal, the same. Otto Porter, the same. Um, you know, Scott Brooks, to me, has been somebody who this year, you know, I had some questions about, for sure, about mm-hmm. player rotation and, and, cho- and some other choices he's made. Late game and execution, no doubt. Right, then, of course, you know, we, we're, you know we're, we're a few days removed from the Ernie Grunfeld contract news, which led to other topics of, wait, how is this guy, you know, with his track record, which some people, you know, look at and say, come on, this is crazy. How does he still have his, have his job, uh, this, that, and the other? And I'm not judging on that. I'm just saying... All these things mesh together. I guess you could say in any organization, it all starts at the top. So to some degree, if the if the ownership and the front office put things in the right place, maybe that makes it easier for everybody else to do their thing. But again, at the same point, the players are the players. If you know, if, if the players were you know making better decisions, then Scott Brooks would probably look better. And same with Ernie Grunfeld. So it, it really, I mean, again, I'm not trying to cop out, but it really is sort of a yeah. it's a chicken and the egg thing to some degree. You just have to. The key is you know. How how can you can you self identify the the areas of weakness and you know try to self correct as best as possible? Mm-hmm. Definitely a chicken and the egg interrelated type of deal that you're talking about. Um, I guess like a parallel in football is like maybe you could say like the Redskins defense is weak, but if the offense is having three and out and punting time after time, like the the defense would just stay on the field the entire time. So it's kind of a you know two parties to blame there. Um, we're gonna get into what kinds of additions or just changes over this offseason could help improve that losing culture not necessarily even a losing culture you know like four out of the past past five seasons the Wizards have gone to a playoffs but haven't amounted to too much so we'll talk about what kind of adjustments over the offseason can be made whether it has to be a home run type of um, trade or splitting up the core or whether modest moves and a smart draft pick can at least bring the Wizards back into the, the top four in the Eastern Conference. So we'll talk about that landscape. Again, this is Locked on Wizards podcast. We're going to come right back with me, Noah Getzel, and Ben Standig. So stay tuned. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, welcome back to Locked on Wizards. We have an awesome guest. I'm sure you already follow him on Twitter, but if not, uh, check out Ben Standig. He uh, recently started up the sports capital which is can you remind everyone where, where that is is that uh I, I know your twitter name is very simple it's just your first and last name ben standig nothing no underscores nothing like that s-t-a-n-d-i-g what's the exact account name for the sports capital ben sure the the twitter for sports capital is sport at sports capital dc somebody took the sports capital <laughs> so uh yeah at sports capital dc we, we technically have another a wizard one only at TSC as in the sports capital at TSC wizards and everything is on the sports And yeah, I mean, look, Noah, you've been, you're somebody that supported us really early and I really appreciate that. And, and, you know, it's been interesting, um, trying to get this going, uh, you know, doing the, doing locked on wizards was one of those things where, you know, I, I kept trying for a long time to, well, let me try this thing. Let me try that thing. <laughs> And try to get something to, 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 to work. And I, I, I always said Locked on Wizards, doing the podcast in and of itself was a lot of fun for me. And I think it came across and we, we had a good time and a good audience and all that. Um, but ultimately, you know, we're, we all, we all got to figure out how to make a living. And uh, the opportunity with a couple other guys to sort of join forces, as it were, and start this website. We're, we're trying to do a new thing in town. You know, people are familiar with The Athletic. We're doing that version where, yeah, I get it, if people are not used to paying money for content, and they think it's you can get the same stuff out there for free, I would I hope to think, at least say in the case of the Wizards, that that's not really the case, that there is mm-hmm. a, a, a difference here, and we don't have any ads on the site, there's no clickbait, we, and based on that, we can just go straight to the meat, we don't have to come up with nonsense headlines and articles, and hopefully people see the difference and want to jump on board. Like I said, I appreciate you doing that, and, uh, you know, tell your friends. Yeah, man. Ben keeps it real. No, no BS involved. No clickbait. No doubt. You guys should definitely subscribe. What is it? Six dollars a month. It's crazy cheap, right? Uh, it's you, you can get it for as low as five dollars a month for a uh, a uh, for for a six month membership. And that, okay. that's not just the Wizards, of course. It's Wizards, Caps, Nats, yeah. Redskins, and anything else we're doing. Um, you know, we we have uh, Brian McNally's been at the Capitals uh, during their whole run. I mean, I was going to travel with the Wizards if they got past Toronto, but alas. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that didn't happen. Um, so yeah, so so you know, features analysis, news. I mean, we've had a lot of good stuff. Um, you know, just on the on the wizard front as well. So uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And you know, like I said, I mean, the, and and no, here, here's the one thing about the, about the wizards, and you, uh, you know, I think you can attest to this. That there's not that many people out there who are really covering them on on, on the regular. And I think this is from a consumer standpoint. Um, you know. I think it's good to have people out there, quest, you know, asking questions and being on top of things. And, and, and you know, there's there's people like yourself with Wizards Extra and uh, and some of the other you know sites. And and and, and it's it's interesting to, to watch the blogosphere uh, produce over the years and come up with it. But you know, 
there's there's different layers to the whole thing. There's obviously sort of the fan element, which is I know kind of where you guys are typically coming from, although you're a very professional when you're in that setting. But, you know, that's generally how you're coming at it from because you have a real job and you're not silly enough to want to be a reporter. Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's just good to have some voices out there. Hopefully I've shown that I'm somebody who's willing to ask questions and be, be inquisitive and not just simply follow down the, the path. And obviously you look at the people who are out there, some people are compromised on some level because of their, you know, their, their company is connected to the wizards and blah, right. blah, blah. So, you know, I, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to think that there's value to having us out there, even if it's just as a, a check, let alone because we're informative and, and you know, hopefully we know, we, we kind of know what we're talking about. Yeah, no doubt. Um, as you mentioned, $5 a month, that's nothing. That's, you know, not going out to eat one lunch over the course of the month, saving yourself one beer over the course of the month. It's it's really great value for what you get. So on to the Wizards offseason changes. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know, a lot of people are calling, you know, there's a lot of upset fans who let their emotions get to them right after this disappointing season and playoff exit. Uh, I feel like the longer and longer you get into playoffs, it's just the more and more removed the Wizards are from getting close to that position, even though it's been, what, like two weeks since? It just feels like the Celtics and Sixers are just like head and shoulders above the Wizards just because the Wizards season is done. That's the the sense I get. Anyway, you know, those teams are improving. When you look at the Eastern Conference landscape, um, of course, Wall in the exit interviews said this court, this core of guys who we have, whether he was referencing the whole starting lineup or just him and Beal and Otto or just him and and Beal, you know, he he talks about when we're healthy and we're clicking, you know, nobody can stop us essentially. But there's a lot of people saying, listen, like this this isn't working. We've tried this. We've come back with this. Everyone's aging. Uh, Gortat's aging, and it's just not going to happen. We need to make big changes. When you look at the teams on the rise, I think there are four definite Eastern Conference teams who will come back better next year, and those would be the Sixers. The Pacers, after year one of their rebuild, you, you see what Victor Oladipo did for that team. The Celtics, just because they always get better. And then the Bucks as well. Um, they're going to have a new coach, and Giannis isn't, isn't going anywhere. It's, what Do you feel like a modest strategy or a blockbuster tra- trade is kind of what is needed to keep the Wizards in the conversation of the, the elite teams in the Eastern Conference? So... So I would say this. I would say, look, if LeBron stays in Cleveland, they're better. I mean, you know, that's uh, mm-hmm. they got that. And Boston at this point, I mean, what they're doing right now, I mean, we're talking as game five is going on. I'm not even sure what the score is. But, you know, on the assumption that they win this series, 
you know, what, what they're doing, missing Gordon Hayward and, and Kyrie Irving is just insane. And Brad Stevens, is, is, I've made the, the joke for two years now that he's, you know, he's a Jedi. When, when that movie, The Last Jedi, came out, I really thought it was about Brad Stevens. <laughs> Were you I the mean, one saying you would trade Scott Br- Oh, no, that was uh, Adam Rubin, right, who was saying yeah, like, he would trade yeah. Beal, Brooks, Oubre, first-round pick, all of these guys, guys just to get Scott, uh, just to get Brad Stevens. I mean, I, I think there's some validity to that. But in any event, so, so I, you know, I would say those two teams are, are above. Right. After that, look, I mean, obviously we're Philadelphia with, with Simmons and Embiid. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're headed to the moon, but like they're still very young. And I'm just saying we'll see you know, next year at least. And you mentioned Giannis. Obviously, that's huge. They've got some pieces, and his game is, you know, project. You know, he's heading towards winning an MVP someday, mm-hmm. a league MVP. Um, Indiana again, we'll see. I mean, I don't. If the Wizards had played Indiana, maybe they win, but I don't necessarily think it was their head and shoulders. I guess my thing would be the Wizards, as disappointing as things were this year, if you bring back every single player under contract, which would mean you're losing. Or at least Mike Scott is a free agent, and other than that, they're basically you know Tim Frazier too. But you know, basically, they're bringing back the top you know seven eight guys. Um, let's just say, for argument's sake, they keep Mike Scott with the mid level exception, and then they draft somebody with the fifteenth pick. That's at least helpful. Mm-hmm. I think that team has you know top four seed upside. I, I think they could be you know if, if they avoid a thousand injuries again, or, or at least John Wall's you know main injury. I, I think they have top four upside. So, so I think when people are like sort of freaking out about how how bad and dire things are, I think they are sort of overstating it. That said, if the goal, if it, if it's just hey, we want to win a title, or I don't really care, then yeah, they don't have enough because I, I think as good as John Wall is, I don't think he's the he, he's the, I, let me really phrase that. It's not that I don't think he's not the best player on a title team. Yeah. But at this point, things can change. I just don't think it, it it's there. But 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 here's the thing. I'm also not saying blow it up. I think it's too to blow it up, right? I mean, is an extreme that like a lot of teams don't recover from, you know, you can, mm-hmm. you can and especially a team that has historically not gotten a lot of free agents to cut to come here. So I, I think there is a middle ground that they can potentially do that. They've got some expiring contracts, you know, if they if if they can cobble together a, a, a the proper deal that brings them sort of a veteran starter, probably in the front court, who can come in and join the core that they have? I, I, I don't think it's inconceivable that they can be a top four seed if they're you know if all goes yeah. right. I think the only again if we're just if you're trying to say can they win the title or come out of the East I, again with LeBron and Brad Stevens there and maybe some of the other things we talked about that seems like a tall task and I understand why that would be frustrating for people but you know you could also say okay blow it up and be in the lottery and you know you could be the Knicks so. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I, I think the middle ground, somewhere away from trying to like land a, a superstar and you know give up some of your top uh, top dollar guys, it might be extreme. I mean, who knows how it ends up? But and then also just coming back with the exact same situation that you have. Of course, if people are healthy, it's a different story, and you can compete for a top four seed. I don't know if top four seed is necessarily progress uh if you can't actually get over the hump and get to those eastern conference finals so when you look at like some of those huge names um guys like Kawhi Leonard and DeMarcus Cousins and I think you might have mentioned Andre Drummond do you think that there's no real sense in trying to put together a deal that big for the Wizards would you rather see like if you had a preference would you would you want them to kind of shoot for the moon or would you want like 
a more risk averse type of strategy, something a little bit more moderate when you consider that Kawhi only has one year left on his deal and DeMarcus Nez is now going to be a, a free agent, but you have no idea what he's going to come back and be after that injury. Do you, is it going too far to, to try and, I mean, sure you answer the phone if you know those options are on the table, but do you feel like it's unnecessary to try and land like an all NBA caliber player this off season? Well, I think it's always a great, if you can get an all NBA player, I think you figure out how to do it, how to make it work, whether they can is a whole other story. I think, you know, I think one thing that happens here is that, and it's not just wizards fans, but I think people, they set unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. And when the team, when the team then doesn't meet them, they feel let down as if it's the team's fault. I mean, I don't think realistically, look, you never know. I, you know, people probably, you know, everybody thought that the, the uh, the Pacers got ripped off last year in the Paul George trade, um, when, when, and then getting Victor Oladipo. Obviously, they worked out great, but you know, in the moment, you you didn't know. So it's hard to say exactly. But you know, realistically, with the, the the Wizards' best assets are their top three players, and they all make a lot of money. So that's not really that enticing for any other team. I mean, they're all good, very good players, but you're not getting anybody on some sort of bargain yeah. deal. And you know, then the question is, well, let's just even say you could get Kawhi Leonard. I mean, what are you giving up? Uh, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, you know, what, what do you know? Without getting overly specific to Kawhi Leonard, a guy who essentially missed the entire season either with an injury or because of sub, uh, insubordination, either mm-hmm. scenario is not great. So, um, and then you see, you mentioned some of those other guys. I mean, to me, Boogie Cousins, if the goal was to win a title, he's not on my team. Mm-hmm. If the goal is to, well, let's just throw things together and see what happens. Sure, I get it, but now he's got the injury. Coming yeah. off of which is, you know, the Achilles injury, that's a that's a real rough one to come back from for anybody, especially a big man. And um, you know, you have to pay both of those guys a lot of money. So, look, if they can get somebody, sure, it's just a matter of well, what are you giving up? Right, trading think, your future to hopefully win now. But you know, you saw how well that worked in OKC this season. I feel like OKC is just the Western Conference version of the Wizards to a lesser extent. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's something to that, and and uh, you know, like I said, I mean. My, my, my philosophy. Anybody who's ever heard, you know, heard, heard me talk. Probably, I, I probably said it on here, and I, I'm sure I've said it on uh, the, the I Call Game podcast. And that is the, the realistic goal for any team in sports, other than say the New England Patriots or you know maybe uh, Golden State at this point, is put yourself in position to compete for a title. Not don't go all in like it's, mm-hmm. this is everything. We're, we're, we have to win this year, or we're, or we're done. Because that's when you lead. To, to, to mortgaging your future and things like that. But put yourself in a position where you can compete, where if the breaks go your way, i.e. the other team is the one who has the injuries or somebody else gets knocked out or you know the ball literally just bounces your way. Whatever that thing is, you're in position to compete. And the Wizards have done have done that. I know when I've said that before, people say, oh, come on, Ernie Grunfeld's messed up this roster 16 ways till Sunday. And, you know, we, we can have that conversation. But last year they made it to a Game 7 against Boston. Ernie Grunfeld didn't blow those first two games uh, against the Celtics. I mean, the bench was a problem, but you know what I mean? Like, collectively, those the, the starters did as well. Blew some of those games, w- w- the first two games in Boston when they had big leads. Um, again, the bench wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't think I'm saying otherwise. But, um, you know, so, so there's that. And even this year, right, if the Wizards had won that last game, the regular season against Orlando, and played Boston in round one, I know Boston's about to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. And yeah, everyone's like, everyone's still- dogging on Boston. Like this team is still very good. Of course, they it you know took them seven games to knock off well, the Bucks, but like and that, everyone's and that's saying, what I was gonna, <laughs> yeah, they're a great team. 
Right, that's what I was going to say. They went seven games in Milwaukee. Maybe if the Wizards are playing them, maybe it doesn't even go seven. The Wizards oh. have, you know, they feel good against Boston this year. Um, maybe they get, maybe they do get it done against a team that's missing some pieces. Boston certainly got better as the playoffs have gone on. So I, I can't, I can't predict. All I'm saying is that I think, you know, if the Wizards are in position where they can quote unquote compete against right. anything that's other than quote LeBron, which is not a knock on them. That's the same for 28 teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So look, I mean, like I said, it's tricky. I mean, the reality is. There's only a handful of guys in the NBA who move the needle so much by themselves, and everything else it just has to sort of work. And um, you know, the Wizards don't have a ton of assets to work with, so whatever they do, they're really going to have to strike it. You know, it's got to all be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like you got to have Mike, the, the Mike Scott free agent type of signing, and you have to get the you know you have to make the trade that works, and you ha- where, where your mid level exception guy has to be good. Mm-hmm. And your rookie has to come in and be able to play 15 real minutes a game. Yeah, if you can do all that, sure, the Wizards can compete with 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 everybody in the East. I would suspect, but it's a perfect storm. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's kind of unfortunate where they're at. They're good enough to be interesting and competitive, and with John Wall's spirit, they they, they won't be they won't get punked. I mean, they've never lost. They've always gone at least six games, right? Whereas Toronto keeps getting swept out. The Wizards yeah. aren't going to get swept out, but at the same time. I, it's just hard to look at them and say, well, they have enough to really take anybody down. Yeah. Hey, that was part one of my interview with Ben Standig from the Sports Capital. Uh, it was a bit of a longer interview, so we're going to save part two for Tuesday and let you listen to it then. We've got a lot of good stuff coming. Um, I talked about a bunch of trade candidates, free, sorry, cheaper free agency candidates, and what Ben's opinion on would be if they change you know, move the needle at all for Washington and if they're affordable. So tune in on Tuesday, another edition of Locked on Wizards on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Station. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Station right now. So uh, thanks for listening to part one of the Ben Standing interview. We'll have a lot more here tomorrow right back on Dash Radio. Be sure to follow the podcast as well, Locked on Wizards. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, anywhere else where you get your podcasts. And be sure to check us out on Twitter at Locked on Wizards. All right, that'll do it for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow with more with the same guest, Ben Standing. Thanks, everyone. Take it easy. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.